Welcome to the Adaptable Podcast. We're your hosts, Morgan, Anna, Claire, a group of physical therapists and student physical therapists who are dedicated to building a community and breaking down barriers for individuals with disabilities and chronic illnesses who are or want to become a part of our profession. Join us as we embark on this journey and get to know some incredible individuals along the way. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Adaptable Podcast. We have really been looking forward to chatting with our guests today. Today we're going to talk with Anthony Allen. Anthony is a physical therapist practicing out of Northeast Arkansas. So welcome, Anthony. Hey Claire, how are you? Doing good. So Anthony, I'm just going to have you start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so like she already said, my name is Anthony. I graduated from Arkansas State uh, with my doctorate in physical therapy in 2017. Uh, about two weeks from my graduation, I had a motorcycle accident, and this led to me becoming a left above the knee amputee. And so once I recovered, I uh, went through rehab and the necessary steps for that. Then I went to work in prosthetics. And so now I utilize my physical therapist license working in prosthetics as a clinical support specialist. And so with that, I do a lot of consultation work uh, with other physical therapists, talking about interventions specific to prosthetic rehabilitation. And then I also pilot our outcomes program in which I am going through and testing our patients to track their progress over time and establish baseline data. So that's just kind of a short sum up on how I got into what I do and what I do for a living now. Wow, that is an incredible story. So tell me a little bit about what it was like transitioning and learning how to use your personal experience as an amputee to impact your approach to physical therapy and the population that you have specifically chosen to focus on. For myself, when I went to physical therapy school, my interest was primarily orthopedic. Uh, So I liked post-op, I liked overuse injuries, I liked sports medicine, and I always felt like that would be where I would end up. All my clinical rotations were, well, all that I could have were outpatient and they were all kind of in those focus areas. So undergoing the amputation, I had some additional injuries with the amputation and one of them was nerve damage to the brachial plexus on my left arm. And then I also had a stroke. And so when I came back to consciousness, my left arm was paralyzed and then I was missing my left leg. And so initially I didn't know that if I would be able to work as a therapist because I didn't know what my functional capacity was gonna look like. And so for about the first year, a lot of my focus was just kind of rehabbing my body and trying to maximize my own function and get back to being able to do as much as I could. And then um, I actually went to get my prosthesis when I spoke to the owner of the company and uh, he offered me a position there. And initially I turned him down because I already knew what I wanted to do and I wanted to get back to that outpatient setting. Well, then I went through rehab uh, with my prosthesis and I saw just how hard it was to get good information on prosthetic rehabilitation in Northeast Arkansas. And so I went back and talked to the owner again, and I told him, you know, I can see a need here. I feel like I can provide a benefit here that a few individuals can, the perspective that I have of being both a physical therapist and amputee. And so then I went into work for them. So for me, you know, my amputation really changed the face of everything that I had thought I was going to do or where school was leading to. And then learning to, you know, 
progressively learning to incorporate more and more use of my left arm uh, from the stroke rehab and then learning how to, you know, assist your patients, whether you're assisting in standing or gait activities and being able to trust your prosthesis enough to know that, you know, you're going to be capable of those things. So uh, I guess the initial focus was, hey, I need to physically get to a position where I know I can do this. Uh, you know, I need to regain enough function of my arm to where I can do the tasks that I need to be able to do. Uh, gain skill on my prosthesis so that I feel stable aiding my patients. And then even today, I would say that I'm still learning, you know, how to maximize the use of the tools that I have. But kind of the big shift there for me, like I was saying, was just my direction was completely different. I had never thought about doing anything in prosthetics or, you know, really any much about them in general. You know, in one of our musculoskeletal classes, you go through prosthetics, and that was about all the thought that I had given it. Uh, and so it really changed the landscape of what my career pathway looked like. Definitely. And I mean, I would say for most of us as students, going into and focusing on prosthetics and working with patients who are amputees, that's just not really an area of focus we think of going into. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how you have used your personal experience and knowledge with prosthetics to build rapport and really connect with the patients you encounter each day. And how do they respond to you knowing that you're in a very similar situation to the one that they're in? Well, they're very much so more open to hearing what I have to say. Um, you know, the prosthetists I work with, they're great. And, you know, they've been around this for years. You know, I've been in the game for three years. They've been doing it 40, 30 20 years in those ballpark areas. And so they have a really good mindset for what's going on. But I find that patients just feel a great deal of comfort in the fact that I have an amputation as well. So when they say, hey, this is what I'm feeling, I'm not saying it from an outside perspective as in I understand what you're saying as an empathy, uh, I can relate or the relate the best I can. I'm saying I understand as in I've actually had those same experiences. And so with my patients, they seem a lot more open to what I have to say and uh, very eager for information. So if I'm trying to you know, provide some kind of tips on gait training or if I'm trying to instruct them on uh, ways to troubleshoot some of the difficulties that they have, uh, I feel like they feel more open. Uh, our conversations, usually they reveal more in conversations with me one-on-one, -on -one, I've noticed, than they do with the prosthetist. And then um, just... I don't know, a certain level of accountability because they see me, they see what I'm doing. And so, you know, it's, it's, if you have a physical therapist and the physical therapist has, you know, both of their lower extremities, then you can kind of be like, well, you know, some amputees can kind of sit back a little and be like, well, I'm missing a leg. Well, they can't really do that with me because I'm on the same playing field as they are. And so I think there's a little bit more of an accountability factor for them to, you know, uh, push beyond that and uh, do more. I definitely think it's very interesting the difference in approach and that like your patients because it is definitely something that's more visible that they can see it and directly relate to that without necessarily you having to like like yes you ha can open up more about your experiences but even just like upon first glance they can see oh this guy's in my corner like this guy has, like, he knows where I'm coming from. Well, and it's funny that you say that because um, I used to always wear pants and I used to really, really be focused on my gait. 
and trying to be as non-perceivable as I could be that I was using a prosthesis. And then as time has progressed, I've actually found that, you know, my prosthesis has somewhat become a strength in that, you know, it does help me relate to my patients. And now, you know, you'll never catch me in pants. I'm always wearing shorts. I, I want the patients to be able to see, you know, that we're on that same playing field. And when I go to talk to therapists in the clinic to work conjunctively, I want them to be able to see where I'm coming from. That, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a younger PT, so to speak. And so I want them to know my experience goes beyond, you know, my education and my research. I live this every day. And so, uh, and then any continued education opportunities that I have, usually the connections that I make, uh, I kind of stand out in a crowd these days. And so where once, you know, it was something that I felt the need to cover up. Now it's something that kind of sets me apart. And, uh, you know, it's, it's no longer something that uh, I try to keep under the table. How often do you find yourself, like, talking through your, like, true experiences with your patients? Not just here, I, I have a prosthetic as well, but how often do you find yourself sharing your entire story and how that impacted you in graduation and all of that. Well, we do uh, we do some additional uh, things above and beyond just regular patient treatment. We'll do like amputee support groups, and then uh, there's also a patient care advocate side to prosthetics, and so that's going to be more of those one-on-one psychosocial conversations where you're really you know trying to meet where they are and get on their level to see where their mindset is and kind of help that individual progress through what they've been. And so through that, I have a lot of opportunities to kind of share my story and uh, talk about the hardships that I encountered along the way and maybe help other individuals to progress through those same or similar hardships. And so we, uh, and that's usually kind of how I'll go about it. Uh, if I'm asked to do a speaking engagement of some sort, where I'm talking to a large body of amputees is I'll kind of start with my story just so they can understand, you know, my injuries, where I'm coming from. And then it builds to, you know, what I've been able to do uh, when I really set my mind to it and uh, where I'm at now. And uh, it's a lot of times it's sometimes it's going to be one-on-one with patients. Um, If I notice a patient is having a hard day, like you can see that psychological factors just kind of wearing on them, or even if we have some time and we're talking about progress, uh, you know, the patient I had today, he has been on his prosthesis for about six months now. And during that time period, there were some issues with his original setup that kind of delayed his progress. And so he was really curious, you know, in my experience, how long it took me to develop skill or how long it took me to become comfortable on it. And while those are things that are a little bit different for every individual, I am able to give them kind of ballpark ideas and, uh, and tell them, you know, what the literature says or, um, you know, what helped me in my experience so that hopefully they can get to that level as well. And so, you know, it's probably, I'd say relatively daily that I have these one-on-one conversations that are smaller conversations, maybe not the whole story. And then speaking opportunities for me to really dig in and tell more of my story. Um, I'll speak to different healthcare practitioners or I'll speak to amputee support groups. And that's pretty regular in itself. Um, Probably once a month or something of that nature. That's awesome. I think Morgan had another question for you. Yeah, so you kind of just started talking about it, but what advice would you give PTs that aren't amputees in working with the amputee population? Because you have that insight, what are, what are some good tips and tricks that you've picked up along the line? 
So um, it is really hard to find good information on prosthetic rehabilitation, just because it is uh, kind of its own subcategory of physical therapy, and there's not a lot of therapists who are committed to it. For myself, uh, the sources that I've kind of perused through, uh, there's a physical therapist who works at the University of Miami. His name is Bob Gailey. You guys may have heard of him at some point, and he developed the amputee mobility predictor. And so he has a lot of good information on uh, prosthetic rehabilitation and treating amputees in general. If you're looking for anything, uh, anything you find with his name is usually really good. But above and beyond that, how I've based my education was to, uh, you know, to try and uh, develop or find mentors. And so there are physical therapists in larger cities who are committed to working with the amputee population. And so I've had the opportunity to learn from these individuals. Um, it's difficult to say how, you know, a uh, traditional physical therapist would do it. For myself, it was easy because I could go in as a patient, receive treatment, and then glean off of that. Um, for others who are seeking this information, uh, I still think that is a good pathway. If you can find someone who is well-versed in prosthetic rehabilitation, um, it would probably end up being more of a uh, observational or continue education opportunity. Um, but really, uh, just kind of looking through that and looking for a mentorship of some sort, someone who has been there and has done it for a long time has been what's worked best for me. That's really good advice. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. So kind of piggybacking off of Morgan's question, what kind of advice would you have for maybe a pre-PT or a student physical therapist who's going through school right now and maybe is an amputee themselves? Like what kind of tips would you give them for navigating PT school? So, um, you know, the type of amputation warrants a lot of, uh, directive of what the experience is going to look like. Um, you know, there's upper extremity, lower extremity, and then even beyond that, what at what segment. And so obviously the higher the segment, the more of the struggle it's going to be. But, uh, you know, uh, if you if I was going to give them advice, I would say, you know, you can do everything that you would be able to do uh, with, you know, your natural anatomy, but you're going to have to learn to do some things differently. So you're really going to have to work on problem solving through that, how to most effectively use your body. But with that knowledge that you can do it regardless of what the task is. You know, there's been many tasks along the way that didn't seem possible to me in the beginning. And now they're, I do them with relative ease. Uh, you know, the first time I tried to get back on a mountain bike, that was, you know, pretty rough. And now, you know, it's, I don't even think twice about it. When I first started to run, that was pretty rough. And now I don't think twice about it. And so I think, telling them to, you know, continue, continue to challenge themselves, you know, seek out challenges, seek out those opportunities to test yourself. Cause that's the only way you're going to learn how to troubleshoot and navigate those things that you're going to encounter in the real world. And then uh, just do so with the knowledge that whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, you're able to do it. You just have to find the way that works for you best. Definitely. I think that's one thing just in other conversations that we've had that seems to be the common thread is you just have to figure out what way works best for you. So what are some things that you still personally are trying to work through or still kind of struggle with in terms of practicing PT? For me, um, so I'm an above the knee amputee, as I mentioned, 
And that makes squatting fairly difficult because uh, the nature of the prosthesis, you don't have the quads or the hamstrings crossing the knee to kind of control that motion. So when you squat, any of your squatting ability has to be controlled by the hip musculature. And so really, uh, if you can, as an above the knee amputee, you really don't like to squat. You prefer to use other movements, but you know, you guys have studied body mechanics and you are well aware that that is the most effective way to try to lift heavy loads. So some of the things that I still am still learning at and that still struggle with our times are how to position myself in a way where I can assist the patient if they need more assistance. So, you know, kind of those men or mod assist situations, not really that bad. But if you get a patient that's heavy mod assist or, you know, borderline max assist or is max assist, that is something that, you know, has taken some time for me to learn how to do those lifts and, and something that I'm still learning. It. Um, you know, it wasn't until relatively recently, uh, we do a lot of things where it's beneficial to be able to kneel. And to kneel, again, with an above-the-knee prosthesis is somewhat difficult. And so I've recently made an effort to kneel every opportunity. I used to, I would find other ways to move, and now I've forced myself to do it as frequently as I can so that it becomes something that's easier for me. But really just those complex, com complex compound body movements where you're moving a lot of weight. Um, I can do them in other ways, but I know it's bad for my body, and so I'm trying to do them better so to speak. And, and that's been a challenge to learn how to do that without uh, some of your natural anatomy. Awesome. All right. Do you guys have any other questions for Anthony? I do. Okay. Um, so Anthony, have you had people doubt your abilities as a PT because your disability is so visible? Um, it's kind of a thing that people can point out and be like, hey, like this guy's different. Um, he's an amputee. Maybe he can't do it as well as someone else. And how have you dealt with that? I think, you know, if you just talk about in general, I think when you undergo an amputation, people begin to look at you slightly differently. I always say the day that you undergo an amputation surgery, life inevitably becomes harder. You're always going to have to do things a little bit differently and you're always going to have to exert a little more effort to do those things. And it's human nature to assist someone who is struggling. So, you know, myself, um, I've never been someone that really likes to receive help or ask for help. And so um, a lot of times I would rather struggle with what I'm doing than ask for help just because that's just the way it is. And so I think, you know, um, there's always that perception that, well, you know, it's harder for them. So I just want to kind of help them to make this easier on them. But I think that can be debilitating. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of remove a person's sense of, it's not empowering. It'd be the opposite of empowering. I can't think of a good word for that. Um, but, and, you know, as a therapist, I've had people who were somewhat apprehensive because, you know, obviously, if they're using a prosthesis, then, you know, and then I'm going to try and then I'm going to do gait training with that individual. What happens if they lose their balance? And uh, to those individuals, usually the, after we've worked together for a few minutes, they can kind of see, you know, by how I carry myself and by the maneuvers that we do that, you know, that uh, everything's going to be okay, that I'm, I'm confident in what I'm going to be able to do. But I think there's always, I think anytime something is different, 
um, there's going to be some sense of um, almost doubt initially just because it is like you're saying so surface level and uh, and you do have I mean, with an amputation, you struggle on things. You know, just walking is is, a list, is more difficult than it is with your natural anatomy. You know, so lifting heavy things is difficult. Doing those complex movements is difficult. Um, you know, I work, uh, my office is upstairs, so I'm going up and downstairs all day. And so a lot of times you'll notice people just out of kindness are trying to uh, make the experience easier on you. But the thing about life is life never makes it easier on you. And so I think the individual i think as an amputee you just have to learn to uh play the cards you're given so to speak and being able to handle that increased stress and just kind of accept that that's what it is because uh you know until until some other technology is developed or until we learn uh limb regeneration that's just the way it's going to be and uh and if you're anything like me you'd rather struggle and do it yourself and have that sense of accomplishment then you know uh, be assisted just because it 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 makes it slightly easier on you or it might be slightly easier with your natural anatomy that's really cool that you've been able to sort of model that self-efficacy for your patients and really show them like what is possible you know if they really push themselves and want to reach that next level of abilities you've kind of stepped in and shown them what is possible for them. So that's really cool. I have one more question. Um, so you were talking about going up and down the stairs at work. Are there any sort of accommodations at work that you had to talk to your employer about or um, just kind of walk me through that process if you chose to go that route and if you saw any difficulty with that? So as I mentioned earlier, I work in a prosthetic lab. And so the benefit of that is they've been around amputees for a long time. And so occasionally uh, problems will arise with uh, like socket fit issues or skin breakdown or something of that nature. And um, everybody at my office, because it is a prosthetic office and they kind of expect those kinds of things, is very open to you know, troubleshooting those problems and doing whatever they need to so that you can take time to put yourself and your body first. I think in the other areas of the work sector, that may be conversations that you have to have. You know, um, when I wasn't working, then it was easy if I, something went wrong to correct that problem or to, you know, uh, okay, well, I think I'm going to take my prosthesis off for a little while because I just don't want to deal with it. Now you have to be able to deal with these problems in real time. So, you know, uh, and they can be minor. So sometimes uh, getting dressed in the morning, maybe I put my prosthesis on and it's not quite in the proper rotational pattern. Like that will drive you insane. But now you have to, you know, have to find a few minutes to pull yourself aside to go doff and redon the prosthesis. And so uh, for me, there didn't have, there's not anything that's been changed as far as um, no accommodations that had to be made. Um, you know, uh, we have three other amputees that work in our office and they're all below the knee amputees. Um, occasionally one of them will miss because they're experiencing like phantom limb pains or one of them will miss because they're experiencing um, skin breakdown issues. Um, but for the most part, there's no accommodations for any of them except the understanding that, Hey, if something goes wrong with my prosthesis, I may not be able to come in that day. And so, um, you know, that was just a, it's just 
communicate it was really just a communication pathway you know to have that understanding uh, like i said at, J at where i work it's pretty easy because they see amputees every day uh, if you work in a different like uh, let's say i was working at an outpatient clinic i think that would be a conversation that you need to have with that individual just that you know um there are sometimes it's just like a car you never plan for your car to break down right you never plan for your car not to start you do everything you can to be prepared for when it does happen and you try to troubleshoot it when it comes about, but nobody ever plans for their prosthesis to malfunction or for something to break. But if it does, then just like your car, you're just going to have to be repaired or fixed before you can go back to using it appropriately. And so just, I guess maybe it could be that simple of a conversation just about the inherent mechanical nature of the prosthesis and, uh, and under mutual understanding between you and the employer that, you know, if something like this arises, not that it's typical or normal, but that's going to be a, a time where, you know, I'm going to have to have some additional time, like a, a sick day or uh, something of that nature. You've got to be prepared for it because it's going to happen. So you have to prepare yourself mentally and uh, your uh, whoever's in charge of your work division needs to kind of be aware of it. That way, if it does happen, you know, for myself, I've, I've been at where I'm employed for, just over two years now, and I've never had to miss a day for anything prosthetic related. Usually if I have a prosthetic related problem, like I said, I work at a prosthetic lab. So I go in and I fix it when I get there. Uh, and so, if, but if I was working in a traditional setting, a traditional physical therapy setting, that'd be a little more difficult. I wouldn't have access to those tools. So I could, I do see a need to, you know, have that discussion that there may be the necessity for that. That is really convenient that you do work in a location that greatly understands what you're going through and they deal with it all the time. So when something pops up, they're, they're really equipped to handle that and they're not, you know, shocked. And I really liked your analogy of the car breaking down because that's something that everyone can understand. Not everyone can understand being an amputee or having a disability or a chronic illness, but everyone understands okay, you walk outside in the morning, start your car, it doesn't work. You can't get to work. It's the same thing if something happens with your prosthesis or your residual limb or, you know, any other thing that comes up. I feel like that's a really good way to put it. I really like that. Thank you. I have one last question. <laughs> so, you talked a little bit about advice for somebody who is in more of your situation, but what about advice for, say, someone has a coworker who is has an amputation? Um, how would you suggest, or do you have any specific advice in terms of how they can support them within the workplace? I think. Um those situations so for care providers friends family fellow co-workers anything of that nature where you have someone who has experienced something of that i think there is somewhat a balance between being supportive as in you know trying to uh, be helpful to that individual but then at the same time not treating that individual differently um, you know i've always said i'm not you know i don't like to define myself as being an amputee always tells people that, you know, I am an individual with an amputation. My amputation doesn't define me. And what I mean by that is simply that, um, you know, I'm always, I'm the same person that I've always been, you know, nothing changed on that level. Uh, it's just now I use a prosthetic device to assist me uh, in ambulation and other complex movements. 
And so I think you kind of have to balance that. You know, sometimes there are days where I have conversations with, uh, you know, other people living with amputation who, you know, you can just tell they're at their wits end. They're kind of fed up with it. And so I think just being kind of sensitive to that in the fact that, you know, you kind of analyze the individual's behavior to see what's going on there. And if you do need to be that kind of ear to listen to, that can be very helpful sometimes. Sometimes they just need to talk. They just want to be heard. And then um, I would stress not treating the individual differently in the sense of less because they are the same person they've always been. And if you begin to treat them differently, one, you kind of encourage different behavior, but then two, um, it kind of takes away their own identity and they've already experienced such a loss, you know, to lose more of their identity, you know, that's, that's more of a struggle on the individual. You know, we have uh, moms and dads and uh, brothers and uncles and everything of that nature. And these individuals really struggle with their traditional roles. You know, they're supposed to be the provider. Or they're supposed to be, you know, the uh, the foundation or the strong component there. And uh, they struggle being viewed differently. And so that would just kind of be my advice for those individuals is, you know, be aware try to be perceptive so that you can pick up on if they are at their wits end or really struggling with uh, what's going on that day but then also try not to treat them differently or um, oversensitize things because you're worried about overly worried about them uh, I think they still want to be treated as a normal person as a normal human being which they are and so uh, trying to find that balance I know that can be difficult at times but um, that would kind of be my advice on the, the best way to help the individual. So moving forward for you with your career, with obviously the advocacy that you have been building, where do you see yourself as a PT, as an advocate moving forward? So um, myself kind of, if, if I could pave the pathway myself, uh, you know, I work right now, that's my main, uh, job task and that's what i do full-time on the side i do some teaching i've done some at asu and then i'm doing some uh, out at uh, another college now and uh trying to kind of continue in that pathway and build my capability in those areas so for and then on the prosthetic side of things you know at the prosthetic lab that i work we're doing more and more of an educational role we're trying to develop continue education courses that we can present to clinics and we're working on developing a walking school where we can go and have a kind of a co combination of um, lecture and then lab where you have both physical therapists and amputees coming in and learning from each other with an instructor there who can provide that information. And so I want to see this uh, educational component of my uh, development grow. You know, I want to continue as an educator in a uh, uh, college type setting to where I'm, you know, instructing students, but then I also want to see it grow in prosthetics to where I move from being, I guess, uh, more of a tool in providing services to educating others so that they're able to provide those services more effectively. I think you can uh, create a bigger change and make more of a difference if you are able to uh, incorporate other bodies by spreading your knowledge and, and educating the general population rather than uh, solely developing yourself. So that's kind of been my focus right now is to, you know, how can I best challenge myself so that I can be, you know, move into that education role. 
and what pathways exist for me to begin to utilize that and, and kind of switch gears into that. And so uh, that would kind of be my desire is to, to more actively be involved in education in both a uh, college type setting, a university setting, as well as um, in what I'm doing in prosthetics where, you know, we are offering more educational courses and working with therapists more hands-on. I am really excited to see where you go with all this, Anthony. I know speaking from personal experience, you have a real gift and knack for teaching. I remember our one musculoskeletal three lab where we came to your place of work and you know, you just talked to us about different gait deviations with prosthetics and shared a little bit of your personal story. And it definitely gave me a different perspective of how to work with individuals who have prosthetics. And I have been able to carry that forward with me into practice. So I do have one more question for you. If somebody is a PT or a student PT who really listened to this episode today and was like, I really identify with some stuff that Anthony talked about and would like to have more of a conversation. How could they get in touch with you just to follow up or ask questions or maybe just get some advice on how to handle different things? Um, so I guess the easiest way, um, that's a good question. The facility that I work, I always tell P PTs if they ever need to reach me. Uh, so I work at JPNO. I go ahead and tell you uh, in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And uh, usually, I tell therapists or student therapists if you ever have any questions related to prosthetic or prosthetic rehabilitation, just to you know call the office and ask for me, and they'll patch you through. And I'd be glad to discuss and help you with anything that I can. Uh, beyond that, I've also had physical therapists reach out to me through um, through social media. And they'll just drop me a message, and and then we've had communication or had conversations that way. And so that could be another option. You know, most people are familiar with Facebook, Instagram, things of that nature. Uh, you know, I'm on those platforms, and uh, that's been a way for me to communicate with other therapists as well. But um, yeah, that would be the easiest way to have a conversation with me. It would either be to reach out to the office where I work, and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions. Or if you want, if you're more comfortable on a social media type platform where you can just write up a message, uh, you can do it that way as well. All right, perfect. Well, thanks for coming on, Anthony. This information was incredible. I know we've really been looking forward to this and I know I've learned a ton just in our conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Adaptable Podcast. If you liked today's episode and want to learn more or be a part of the conversation, you can check us out on our Instagram or Facebook group linked in the description below. You can also contact us via email at theadaptablepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to hanging out with you next week.